All right, so welcome to episode number 16. Um, you're here with Anna Wang. And this week's special guest is Punam from the Maharani Diaries with us. Punam manages a wedding directory website that connects South Asia couples to a range of wedding services and vendors. Punam used to be a scientist, so very different to what she's doing now in Melbourne and decided to change her career path and pursue a career in weddings. So today we will have a chat to her about the experiences and get an insight into the Maharani Diaries. So welcome Punam. Thank Thank you so much. So happy to finally be inside the Anna Wang building. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome here anytime. We're open doors here. Um, so just to let everyone kind of listening understand and know, what is the Maharani Diary? Yeah. Okay. First, so for people who don't know what the Maharani, what the word Maharani means, it's actually the Sanskrit word for queen. So, um, People say princess, but Maha, the word Maha and Rani is actually, Maha is actually a Persian word, so it means great, and Rani means queen, so great queen. So wow. when I came up with the name, I, you know, I think every single South Asian bride on their wedding day wants to feel like a queen. So that word really resonated with me. Wow. Um, and... You know, when I was trying to think of the rest of the, the business name, I mean, it wasn't just um, the Anne, Anne Hathaway movie, Princess Diaries, that I thought of, but I thought, you know, when brides are planning their wedding, they, they have a little journal or planner that they take with them to all their meetings or notebooks. So I thought, oh, the word diaries might be nice to attach yeah. to it. So that's how I came up with the name. Wow, it's like the Great Queen's Diary. Has <laughs> a good twist to it. Okay, so for those that don't know yeah. about you, yeah. okay, so let's work on you used to be a scientist. Yeah, okay, it. so what made you change your journey and why in the wedding industry? So I'm a little bit like you, poles apart, totally different industry. I... Um, I actually grew up in a pharmacy all my life. My mother and father had a pharmacy business in Melbourne. Um, my brother and I grew up in a pharmacy during primary school and high school years, um, always surrounded by science. Father, you know, wanted me to do science, obviously. <laughs> my mum was the sort of creative one, I, I guess, but... You know, the thing is, when I got to year 12, I was like, I was in two minds. I was good at science and I was good at arts, but I decided to make the parents happy and chose science. Obviously, being Indian as well, that pressure, it's either medicine, science, yeah. uh, accounting or something. You well, know, if you've got the brains to yeah, do it, you might as well just do it. <laughs> so I chose science and it's not that I didn't like it, I loved it. Um, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for many years. I had a very successful job. Um, but I always knew I was creatively inclined. And um, a lot of my friends were telling me at the time, whilst I was in the industry, that, you know, you're so good at organising things and you should be in, like, events or something, something totally different to science. So what I did whilst I was working in the pharmaceutical industry was I did a lot of um, work experience and volunteering in the events industry in Melbourne, 
I worked with even a wedding planner over there just to learn about the ins and outs and get the practical experience. Yeah. I was considering doing a wedding planning course, but I realised, I quickly realised that actually having the practical experience makes a huge difference. So I just put myself out there. Um, unfortunately, a series of events took place in 2010. My mum passed away and then I met my husband-to-be and, yeah. you know, that career path, you know, of weddings and events just didn't happen for a while. Um, and a lot of things took place, you know, mental health as well just went downhill and I was like what am I what am I doing you know what am I doing with my life where do I see myself going and so it wasn't until uh we started planning our own wedding that we realized how difficult it was (laughs) and I'm getting that quite a lot with the Indian even um Ganazri who actually we we were part of their wedding even her experience she was saying she couldn't find a lot of like anyone or to guide them in the in the Indian foreign. That's funny because like in eight in the eight years, so it's been eight years since I got married. It's funny um, that people still say that because we've got so much with the rise of social media. Like I didn't have Instagram or Pinterest back then. I had bridal magazines to turn to. And I looked at these bridal magazines in the newsagent and just none of them was Indian no, or showed you what to do at all. It just didn't cover anything other than Christian weddings or, you know, uh, Australian weddings. And I even turned to some of the wedding blogs out there. I've been following wedding blogs for even before I met my husband. <laughs> just weddings were always a passion. Style Me Pretty, The Knot, Brides.com. I was following all of them and, you know, I loved their style but just the content just didn't help me to plan my own wedding. In the end, um, I got my mother-in-law to help me because she knew all the traditions and the cultures, yes. what's involved. Because there's so steps. many events. So I'm North Indian and I'm, I married a South Indian. So our weddings are so different. Oh a South Indian wedding has a lot more steps and it's a lot more orthodox as opposed to a, um, a North Indian wedding. So I had to learn all these steps before getting married to him Um, and he's Singaporean Indian. So we ended up, we were so frustrated in Melbourne. We were so frustrated that we just ended up having a Hindu wedding in Singapore. It was so easy for my mother-in-law to organise everything there. Um, So, you know, she guided me. Without her help, you know, I wouldn't have had a clue Exactly. You, were you born here in, in Australia or you were born overseas? I was actually born in, when people ask me where, I, where I'm from, this is the worst question. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad's side of the family is from Fiji, mum's side of the family from Africa, but ancestors originally from India. Okay. But I was born in Fiji, but I call myself an Aussie. Been here since I was two. So. Yeah. So that's also why your cult, like anyone born here, yeah. won't have the cultural experience exactly. of knowing what to do. Exactly. I, I wasn't born in India. I don't know too much about, you know, the customs and the rituals. Whilst, you know, my parents um, brought me up quite well to learn about the culture and customs and heritage and everything, there's still a lot of things that I don't know about my culture. 
it's just it's so diverse yeah. it's, I wouldn't even know where to start <laughs> so um obviously yeah just a lot of troubles we had um we went to a lot of venues in Melbourne um, initially when we were deciding to have the wedding in Melbourne. Mm. A lot of venues just weren't familiar with the rituals and yeah. customs. They didn't know that our wedding involves fire. They didn't know that we required Indian food as well. <laughs> Indian food is so important in an Indian wedding. Yeah. Um, so finery, even finding a caterer for that matter was tough. Because a lot of the Indian catering is buffet style. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and even in Melbourne at that time, you'd think Melbourne being the foodie capital of Australia, it, was, it would be easy to find a good Indian chef, but it was not. It, it was wasn't. It was extremely difficult. So that's when we thought, okay, we'll have the Hindu wedding in Singapore and we'll come back to Melbourne and we'll have our reception party for the friends who can't make it to Singapore in um, the Yarra Valley in Victoria. Yeah, nice. So, um, yeah, a lot of challenges. Look, it all built up to this in the end. <laughs> I actually wanted to start this straight after we got married, but obviously, you know, when you, when you get married, when you have an Indian wedding, you're basically broke after your wedding. <laughs> we literally had no money. Everything went on the credit card. Um, we... we Put up like we actually paid for a lot of things ourselves. Our parents did as well, but we felt guilty during our wedding because our parents have paid through so much, you know, high school education, everything, yes. and we were like, we want to give back, so let's pay for a few things and help them out. <laughs> but in the end, we realised we didn't have much money um, after marriage. <laughs> But I think that's a lot of people's situation yes. because you want you still want a nice wedding. Exactly. But um, yeah. but we always say you know what there's life after a wedding, so yeah. you should budget and so. But it's very hard to budget. Hard. You, you just yeah. go, I want this, I want that, I'd that's like it. this, I'd like that, and then in the end, you're like, oh my god, like how yeah. much did I spend? And you don't yeah. realize. No, you don't realize. It all adds up. And so I went back to my job as a scientist for about a year. And it was 2013 when I was finally, I finally had enough. <laughs> and I said to my husband, um, I'm quitting. This is it. I, I can't do this anymore. I need to make the change now or I'll, or I'll never do it. So then I went back to school uh, as a mature age student and I studied at William Angus Institute in Melbourne, hospitality and events. And so I did that for about six, six it was a short course, six months. Um, Again, unfortunately, my husband lost his job. It's just kind of not going there. <laughs> it wasn't going in the direction I wanted. Um, he's in mental health research and obviously the university ran out of money. So we were like, oh, my God, what are we supposed to do? He was frustrated with Australia. He wanted to leave. <laughs> So we ended up moving to Ireland of all places. Ireland, wow. Okay. Um, he landed a job there in a small city called Cork. Second, well, it's the second biggest city in Ireland after Dublin, but it's probably the size of Geelong in Victoria. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to think when he got that job, to be honest. I, I just thought my life was over. <laughs> We landed in this place. It was snowing the first day we got there. 
and him and I were like crying and we're like, are we doing the right thing? (laughs) (laughs) And I said to him, I don't even know if I'm going to find a bloody job here. And he said, look, just... Let's just do it for a little bit. Let's just do it for a year and see how how it goes. For for the first year, I actually didn't find work. I was ready to come back to Australia. And he said to me, look, it's up to you if you want to go back. I was desperate to come back. Second year, I actually ended up landing a job at the same university as him um, in uh, in their events department. So that was good. You got Uh, a bit of experience there. Yeah, so I was working, and and they wanted someone with a science background too, which helped. Oh, which is perfect. (laughs) So that was 2016. And in 2016, I said to him, look, um, I think I don't know if the wedding planning path is actually going to work here in in Ireland. It looks like the the Indian population isn't very big. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do. So then he was like, why don't you just start writing about, why don't you just start writing about it and blogging? Yeah. Maybe, you know, you've followed so many wedding blogs over the years. Why don't you start blogging? So I started writing and I realised that my writing sucked. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but people were telling me that it didn't, so that was good. <laughs> I started the Instagram, I started the Facebook, and the following started really growing, which was good. Which is good. Um, I then realised that the UK was next door. And the South Asian wedding industry in the UK is massive. So you're uh, right there. I was right there. And he said to me, look, we've got cousins over there in London. Why don't you go and stay with them? I realised how cheap it was to fly over there as well. So it's literally like just going to Melbourne from Exactly, Sydney. exactly. One hour flight. So I flew to London like almost every month. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best place ever (laughs) my first time in London and I attended so many bridal shows there not just Indian ones but uh, western bridal shows too I was just blown away Um, is it very much different to Australia yes and no Um, I think the the bridal expos are definitely on another level actually I must say that Um, however speaking to people over there they were admiring the industry over here at that time. And they were, actually, some of them were even following you on Instagram. Gosh, back in 2016. <laughs> yeah, this is in Ireland, actually. Some of the Irish wedding planners I met and florists were like, oh, my God, you know, what are you doing here? Go back to Australia. <laughs> the industry there is incredible. And I was like, look, I can't, obviously. I have to be with my husband, but... You know, I actually am having a great time here getting to learn what it's like over here. And I quickly learned how the wedding blogs and directories work over there as well. I got to meet some um, some women who have started blogs over there as well in London. And I just, you know, I just um, set up ra- random meetings with random people owning these businesses and just learning about how, you know, the ins and outs of how a wedding blog works, how they make money, how they work with businesses and how they give inspiration to brides. And so I didn't, I came across one other Indian wedding blog there at the time in the UK. So I started doing guest posting for them as well. Okay. Um, And so that helped to build my audience. 
But I think, um, yeah, slowly through social media, especially, the, the following started growing, and I soon realized quickly that I could actually turn this into a business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and actually give South Asian brides the inspiration that they need to plan their wedding. Because at that time, there wasn't many there bloggers many. at all that's doing the South Asian. No, now there's tons. <laughs> And so at the time, um, yeah, I just kept on blogging. I didn't know where this was going. I didn't even know if we were going to end up back in Australia, to be honest, because he didn't want to move back. (laughs) So who was enjoying his work over there? Yeah, he loved it. He didn't want to move back. I, I started really enjoying my time over there. I met so many amazing people. And then I soon realized that I could actually start using my creative side that, you know, has been inside of me for so long and I haven't done anything. (laughs) So people started telling me, you know, you should work on photo shoots because it looks like you have a good eye for detail with your content. So what what about if you start working on some photo shoots? Yeah. So I did a couple of photo (laughs) shoots. like everywhere. In Ireland of all places. And um, my first photo shoot I did ended up in one of the biggest UK wedding blogs, uh, Love My Dress. And um, after that, yeah, again, the social media exploded. (laughs) And people were like, wow, do you do this for a living or what? You know, can we do more photo shoots with you? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, Again, I just didn't know where I was going. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know where I was going with this blog. And... um, I just, look, I just kept on blogging, to be honest. A lot of Indian businesses started to notice me from India and they were like, are you based in Australia or are you based in Europe? And I said, I'm based in Europe, but I still have ties and connections to Australia. Yeah. And they were like, look, you know, it looks like you've got a decent audience and you do attract a lot of brides following you. So how about, you know... um, we work with you and if you tell them about us, you know, we'll give you a commission, <laughs> that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that commission word doesn't sound too good. Because how do you, how do you measure that that bride came through your That's it. audience? So and then they were like, look, we, we, the thing that we like about you is that we know who you are. You are the face of the brand. And at that point, that's when I made the decision to actually rebrand the whole business. So before I had this really standard WordPress website, which I created myself, um, my logo as well, I, like I got this person in Pakistan to create, create it, like it cost like $10 to create it. But then I realised, okay, I actually need to turn this into a proper business. And um, from there, yeah, it just... It just grew. It just grew. Yeah. And then we moved to Sydney last year and... So what made you guys come back to Sydney? Obviously his job. So he got an opportunity to come back yeah. to when Sydney. Yeah. He, when he found out that there's an opportunity here, I said, take it, please. <laughs> take it. I, I want I want to leave. Uh, I think it's ready. It, it's time for us to leave. And he said, okay, you made a lot of sacrifices for me to move all the way here. Um, let's, okay, let's do it. And I said, oh, my God, I'm so excited. You know, people in Ireland have been admiring the industry in Sydney. 
And then now you're and back now in Sydney. I'm in Sydney. You know, at first I was like, oh, I've been a Melbourne girl all my life. I'm not sure how Sydney's going to be. Um, am I going to like it or not? But um, it's really grown on us. We love it. So you've pretty much, when you were in Ireland, you were yeah. still working your nine-to-five job yeah, and then doing that blogging. Yeah. And then when you've now that you've come back to Sydney, are yeah. you doing this directory blogging so, full-time? No. So when we moved here, I actually found a full-time job in the corporate sector in events. Uh, that only lasted eight months. <laughs> I quickly realised that corporate was just not for me. Um, and anyways, he was freaking out again and he's like, you have to find a job, otherwise we're not going to be able to afford to live in Sydney. Um, so I did that job for eight months, but honestly, in those eight months that we, since July last year to February this year, um, I didn't think that this would take off. But I realised coming back here that there was a massive gap still. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> still so, a massive So gap. at the moment, you're not just doing the blogging it's you've actually got a directory yeah so i've i've changed the business model obviously to adapt to the industry here and i realized moving here that you know brides needs are, are are very different and they need they need a platform to direct them and so whilst i you know i wanted the directory aspect of the business but i i realized that that direct contact with the brides makes them feel that it's more authentic. Yeah. Um, so obviously Instagram is the biggest platform for myself and a lot of inquiries have been coming through Instagram. So do you want to just explain to yeah. the listeners how does the actual like directory work or how does yeah. how does everything work are you, you know what's what's so different between you yeah. and another directory or yeah. um you know say if they go to a platform and they've just got a listings of different yeah. suppliers what's yeah. what makes you so different one thing that people tell me um and and look there's positive and negative and all constructive you know all cri- criticism is constructive for me but i think most of the feedback has been positive and what they say is that the thing that they like about my platform is that it it's that personal connection that they love um it's me who responds to the dms it's me who responds to the emails um i'm that go-to person that can link the bride to the supplier directly. Yeah. So is their supplier's details on your platform? Yeah. So they can directly they contact can them? Yeah. Um, otherwise, you almost kind of had a coordination planning kind of service where That's they it. contact you and say, this is what I need, what exactly. can we do, which one do you... Su-? Exactly. So you, it's it's a little bit different. So they can yeah. actually... You can assist them to plan exactly. and coordinate. Yeah. So, we, so I work with the vendors, obviously, to assist these brides and... You know, one of the first questions that an Indian bride asks is outfits, of course. It's all about the fashion now. Um, uh, So the fashion is a big gap here that we have here in Australia. We don't have access to a lot of beautiful Indian fashion. Um, So Why is that? Good question. (laughs) Um, Look, we are still... Australia is still a relatively new country. If you compare to 
say, the US or um, the UK. Like Indian, shopping for Indian wear is really easy over there. Um, whereas over here, we, it's just not accessible. We still have to go to India for our shopping. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of my brides. Yeah. Even even some of my couples are yeah. going all back in December yeah. to do shopping. So it's usually this period, December, January holidays, that they have to go shopping for their outfits. We also did it as well. We just didn't find that the shops, there are shops here, mind you, but we didn't find that the shops are keeping up to the latest trends. And things are changing so dramatically in India. It's just... Isn't that interesting? You would think that and one of those Indian suppliers would have caught on and said, hey, we should be opening up a branch in in Sydney. Exactly. Like, very interesting. But to be honest, um, online shopping has become so popular now too with Indian fashion designers. It's so easy now and accessible for us to order from India. Um, So if, if I have a function or event... I'll order within two two to three weeks. I'll get my outfit, which is pretty quick. And yeah. you know, you just You'd have to, to pay the airfare and accommodation. Exactly. And, um, and I also tell that to some of the brides that look, do you really want to go to India and do your shopping? Because it's actually really overwhelming to do your shopping in India. <laughs> you have so much choice. Um, and the other thing is, traffic is ridiculous over there. <laughs> Traffic, um, you know, accommodation, it's, it all adds up. Um, and so a lot of designers I met in the UK, um, some big names in the, in, in the Indian fashion industry, were telling me that, you know, we also tell our brides that you don't necessarily have to come to see us. Um, we do everything via Skype or WhatsApp. So if the, if the bride approaches us, you know, we'll just... We'll get their measurements over WhatsApp. Oh <laughs> and Gosh, the times have changed. Yeah, um, and India loves WhatsApp. They're obsessed with WhatsApp. So everything is done over WhatsApp. <laughs> um, and, you know, the bride will send the pictures and it's just so easy now. Um, so, look, in saying, in, in saying that, I suppose we, it, it would be nice to have a boutique that has, you know, like a multi-designer store here. So, like, people still like to try and touch and True. see if it feels nice, True. sits nice. Um, but it's actually, when you think about it now, if you book in advance, it's actually not that bad to get to India. <laughs> so, um, you know, brides still want to do it. So Gosh, yeah, they've got this time to do it. Yeah, we've, yeah, me and Bailey have been saying we want to go to India for a very long time. Yeah. 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 So it's really, really exciting. Yeah. So in terms of, okay, you've got the platform mm. and then the brides literally, it's, it's pretty much catered to all the South Asian couples. So they pretty much can go on there. If they don't know where they're going, what they're doing, they're a little bit lost, they'll go onto your website or to that platform. And the platform is maharanidiaries.com. Or is it, there's no .au, is there? No, it's the the (laughs) maharidiaries.com. So when they go on there, they'll see a a list of directories. Um, And at the moment, how many vendors do you have on this platform? I only work with a handful of suppliers. I don't believe that, look, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm all about less is more here. So 
I think that if I only find one good Indian caterer out there, I'm only going to work with one Indian caterer. Yeah. If I only find one amazing cake decorator out there, I'm going to work with that person. If that person resonates with my brand, my values, and also appeals to my audiences, then, you know, I think that it's, it's the way I want to go. Um, I know that there's a lot of platforms out there that have got 5,000, 6,000 <laughs> wedding suppliers on their de- directory. Yeah. A lot of um, suppliers and brides come to me and say it's just all so overwhelming. So they're, so they're more of a directory of just, you know, having people pay for the space and yeah. they're being directed on there. That's Whereas true. your actual platform isn't about a directory, it's not just, just going directory. to seeing everything. Yeah. You're, you're just pretty much having this one platform yeah. with particular suppliers you recommend. Exactly. So it's not just, like I said before, it's not just about the directory. It's about giving the brides more more than just a directory. Um, whilst, you know, they do still love that directory element, I, I still get DMs every day, you know, can you recommend a decorator? Can you recommend, you know, a cake decorator or whatever? Um, and there's a lot of things that we still don't know. For instance, um, we don't have access to, uh, well, maybe we do, maybe we don't. There's a lot of people who ask for, for instance, for tailors. They ask for um, someone who can drape a sari. Um, They ask for um, priests that can perform a specific ritual. Like, these sorts of things are not covered. Yeah, they're not. (laughs) Not in any direction anyway. So um, where do we find these people? And often, you know, it's, it's just a random Google search that we have to do. <laughs> and look, unfortunately, especially with the sari draping, um, it's more the, you know, the older, um, the older sort of aunties that know how to do the sari draping really well. So, so it's a service they provide. Exactly. They just come on the day and they, they drape the sari yeah. and they dress them and, and do all that type yeah. of things. And you wouldn't think to look for someone exactly. like that. Yeah. And um, what people are really resonating with, especially are the, like the wedding features too. I like to include a lot of detail in the real wedding features. So I, if a bride approaches me and they're like, oh, we want, our, you know, we want to see our wedding on your blog or on your Instagram, um, so I'll send them a really detailed Google form that they can fill out and there's about... 10 to 15 questions on there. And I always tell them to take time because it is a lot of information. Yeah. Our, wedding goes, our weddings go over three or four days. So um, some brides just prefer to feature their wedding and reception or some prefer to feature the all four. Yeah, the whole story. So um, it's a lot of information to cover and a lot of wedding suppliers and brides are telling me that they're loving the features because it's, oh, there's a lot of detail there. Because they get a lot of information. Exactly. So for anyone that's a bride out there that is um, South Asian background yeah. or even just Westerners that yeah. just want to have that interest of yeah. culture, yeah. like literally this is the go-to site because you get all your answers there you'll get your personal touch now they're gonna probably have the question of okay so you're doing this now full-time yeah um they're gonna be questioning do you charge a fee for them to 
come up and ask these questions and things like that. So all those questions and all those answers can be found on the platform of that website? Um, So not at the moment. So obviously, like, moving to Sydney in July last year, I was just trying to get a feel for the market. I Like I said, I didn't think it would take off when I moved here, but it has in a big way, which is good. So people are asking me to provide this service as a consultant uh, full-time now. So at the moment I'm working on, um, you know, what are the – devising something that can actually help these girls when they come to me initially so they're not so overwhelmed – And if they've got those initial questions like, oh, I don't know what sort of mundup to go for. Like a mundup is the structure that we get married under. Uh, Usually Hindu weddings take place under a mundup. So, you know, um, I'm getting married in this garden, you know, I'm not sure if I can have the mundup. Questions like that, you know, we need to serve these, we, we need to serve the audience here a lot better. Yeah. And... Look, it's good to see that things have evolved over the last eight years since I got married, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. Um, I think brides now, especially I'm seeing, they want the best of both worlds. They want the best of the East and the West. Yes, exactly. Yep. I'm getting a lot of Indians yeah. coming and yeah. saying, I don't want a, I don't want a traditional mandap. No. I want you to create a big exactly. floral canopy for yeah. me or draping that's very unique. They yeah. look at people like Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas as well. <laughs> think, why can't we have that here? So, um, so, you know, we need to serve these guys a lot better. So how can we do that? And through people like yourself as well. I think, um, and florals obviously are massive right now with Indian weddings. Yeah. Every bride wants, wants flowers everywhere. everywhere. So, um, you know, how can we um, include the best of both worlds? So you're lucky that you got married eight years ago, not now. Oh, no. You'll be, be taking a loan out for your wedding now. I always <laughs> tell my husband at the 10-year mark we're redoing our wedding because I didn't get the Instagram wedding I wanted. <laughs> So if you were to get married again, you've got your whole vision of where, what, how, everything's all done. (laughs) Totally. So I actually initially wanted to get married in India, but actually, to be honest, having a wedding in India now is just as expensive as having a wedding in Australia. It's crazy crazy. expensive now. So even back then, our parents were like, no way. (laughs) So Not in India. Our relatives won't come. (laughs) <laughs> funny how the parents would think our religious won't come when it's your heritage like country right? um so um yeah so that's the plan <laughs> 10 year anniversary well hopefully we can all be a part of it and then just make it big and wow for you do you have any tips for someone who is thinking of pursuing a similar career or because they would have heard your hardship over the last eight years trying to get your foot into this and it's been eight years to get that and back then it wasn't as much competition and now the competition is crazy Crazy. so it's almost like you've kind of missed that peak boat of getting into the industry when there's not much people so do you have any advice for anyone that is thinking of coming into this industry I think um yeah like you just said there's a lot of noise out there I still today can't find many blogs out there that I resonate with and um but I think 
what's kept me grounded is obviously social media. Like I've met so many incredible people. Some of my best friends have actually come through social media. Um, but I think what has to keep you grounded in this industry is um, there's two emotions that you need to have is gratitude and empathy. Mm. And I think what makes me happy is not the money. It's about making my community and my audience is happy. Yeah. Is that, that'll yeah, then come back to you. Yeah. If they are happy, um, then I'm happy. <laughs> um, and I think that's, I think that's my key to hopefully being successful is yeah. to have those two emotions always instilled with me being true to who I am and just staying grounded. Yeah. I, I, I fell into the comparison trap very early when I started. Um, I felt like the first two years was a complete waste. But but it was that experience. Exactly. If you didn't go through That's those it. two years, you yeah. wouldn't be where you are in the third and fourth exactly. year. Exactly. And so everything happens for, for a reason. reason. <laughs> everything does. Yeah, exactly. And your journey through to Ireland and then to the UK yeah. and then coming back here. Yeah. If you didn't experience what you did in the UK, your actual platform and blogging wouldn't be as strong as it is today. Yeah. So everything seriously is a journey in life. People, um, yeah, it's funny because people still... So I still cover stuff in the UK. So it's funny. I still get invited to wedding shows over there and they're like, oh, are you going to make it? Um, no, I'm in Australia now. <laughs> I can't fly over there like within it's a week. Yeah. But I still get invited to the shows there. So I still cover what's going on there, which is, you know, it's a great amazing. thing. It really know? is amazing. Hopefully one day, you know, I can just drop my... What I'm doing here and going, and then you can just fly. We can just fly everywhere. Well, you, you, exactly. Well, you'll get to a point in life where you will be able to just fly everywhere and blog everywhere, and you'll be invited, and your flights will be paid for because they want you to be a guest speaker or guest blogger. So that will happen because of how your values are, and it's all about experience for the clients. So I'm really excited that you're here today, and thank you for sharing your story because it's such a powerful one. I really want people to get to know who you are yeah. why you're doing it and it's not just another platform for people to just to make money off yeah. it's actually something that's genuinely you want to do and help people yeah, but thank you so much right. thank you Sarah. thanks so much thank you <laughs> if you have any um in terms of our audiences if you have any questions or anything please hop onto the website Otherwise, hop onto the Instagram or the Facebook and just to spell the actual name because a lot of people probably are thinking, how do I spell that? It's T-H-E and then M-A-H-A-R-A-N-I-D-I-A-R-I-E-S. It's a mouthful, <laughs> but it's such a powerful name. <laughs> so please get onto the website and thank you for listening. Okay.